Welcome to Percolating Perspective, your podcast to examine and fall in love with American culture and the Western way of life. We have an amazing show for you today that you will not want to miss. We did have a few technical difficulties when doing this interview that you're about to hear with Pastor Aaron Harris, so you may hear a few areas that seem sped up or slowed down or maybe even a word or two that pops in and out, so please bear with us on that, but the information is critical, really good information, and you will love this interview. Great questions and great answers. Many of the questions actually came from our audience, so if you hear one that you recognize that you gave us, please type in the chat uh, or in the comment section on YouTube or even in your review on Spotify or Apple. Let us know your thoughts on the answer. Again, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're looking forward to a great interview. As we all know, coffee like sin loves company. Welcome to the program, Brother Aaron Harris. Thank you. Tell us what we're sipping today. Well, today is a uh, delicious cup of the Spirit of 76 from Black Rifle Coffee. It's a medium ground and uh, it's a little light medium, I think. So a little more of a morning blend, but uh, either way, it's got a great uh, great name and a great flavor. Nice. Yeah, I love the best. Uh, it's very artistic. Yes. I mean, you know, you don't have very many pictures of George Washington and Abe Lincoln in the same picture, but you do on a black rifle coffee bag. Especially with George Washington playing the drums. I didn't, didn't Who know knew Abe Lincoln rhythm. played the uh, flute either. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's probably uh, hard for Washington to play with wooden teeth, so. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, we'll transition into what we're talking about here today. For one second, I'm going to get a that's for one of our listeners, RJ, who told me just a few weeks ago, why would you do a podcast about coffee if you never sip coffee? So there you go, RJ. If you haven't listened to episode number eight, Cowboys to Carry Grant, when you finish up this episode, please go back and give that a listen. That episode sets the stage for our discussion today. Writing that episode, I felt like I had hit one of the nerves that I had been aiming for originally when bringing the show to you from concept. The American man's wardrobe has truly defined our culture over time. And while I believe the degradation of the wardrobe over time is just a symptom, I do believe uh, that the wardrobe can have a ripple effect on its own. We had a listener question come in after the Cowboys to Carry Grant episode from Pam that we'll get to in just a few minutes that I think is incredibly important because it is the question in, in Christian civilization today. And the principle and the answer, I think, will answer many other questions. So with that said... Brother Harris, uh, please, if you will, give us an introduction of who you are, uh, your background, let us know a little bit about you. Sure. My name is Aaron Harris. I have been the pastor at Gulf Coast Baptist Church in Florida, Fort Walton Beach, uh, for roughly two years now, and uh, I've kind of lived all over. I've been in uh, full-time ministry for uh, about 10 years, I guess, altogether. And um, so I've married at uh, age 22, have uh, three sometimes wonderful children, <laughs> and um, yeah, just living the dream. Nice. Awesome. Well, great. Um, uh, I've known you now for a little over two years. Crazy, mm -hmm. to, crazy to think it's already been over Time two years. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> yes. Uh, and um, you seem to have an eye to, uh, for attention to detail, particularly in your dress, um, and that's, you know, 
that's a that's a rare art form these days. It's it's easy to spot a, a fellow, uh, you know, somebody who likes to take attention to detail in their dress. But uh, where did you learn that skill? Well, I can probably say with uh, certainty that I didn't really think it was a skill, and I'm not certain where I learned it. But it wasn't until you know later in life. Um, you know, as a kid, you grow up, you generally don't care too much. Once you get into your preteens, you start to care a little bit because you start <laughs> noticing girls and things of that nature. And so you start, you know, I, I think kind of taking uh, notice of how you dress, what your hair looks like, you know, yeah. what kind of shoes you have, if you're in the cool kids club or not. Um, and then as I matured and went to college and things of that nature, I think just being around other young people, other young men, um, and you know, having you know romantic interests as well, it forces you to always be evaluating and how you can step up your game, and sure. to try to be first class. Plus, I think marrying young, um, yeah. y- you get a lot of years with your wife, and she does get to help kind of shape the man that you are to some extent, and Absolutely. and kind of the person you are, and give you helpful pointers on hey, that tie doesn't match with this, or <laughs> why don't you try this, and um, then you try it and you realize you know it actually looks really good, so. Um, I wouldn't say it was a skill I learned or purposely went out of my way to learn, but I think it just kind of, like most men, over time it kind of evolved and it just becomes part of who you are. Right. Okay. Well, awesome. Um, So to you, I know I probably already know this answer, but uh, to you, what do you think is the greatest example of American style or men's fashion? If someone were to ask you for an example of a great man's wardrobe, who would you point them to? So... I thought about this question, um, and to be honest, I think it's hard to give a great answer for a couple of reasons. Because um, what you know, you first have to kind of define what is American style, and I think you kind of did that a little bit on a previous episode. Um, and I think it's funny because the title of your episode is probably the two like characteristics <laughs> I would pull um, as examples. Um, but the United States of America is an immigrant nation. Um, that's what we always were. And so our style, although uniquely American, is not actually uniquely American because I think it's so influenced True. by every other nation that has come and immigrated here. So when I think of what's uniquely American, um, one of the things I think about is natural, like natural materials. So, you know, obviously the Native Americans that were here originally, you know, some of the kind of pioneer Americans that I think of are uh, maybe some, you wouldn't think of him as a fashion icon, but maybe Daniel Boone or Davy Crockett. Yeah. People absolutely. that were, um, they kind of introduced a new um, trend as far as the coonskin caps and the buckskin and things of that nature, which was very Native American-esque and kind of gave it a uniquely American flair. Of course, there are stories about Davy Crockett going to Congress and his buckskins and things of that nature. And I was like, well, what more American thing is there? Uh, You know, that'd be the equivalent of going to the White House and, you know, camouflage. So um, I I think that American style has evolved a lot. If I had to say who I think are maybe icons. Um, obviously, I grew up uh, watching old Cary Grant movies. It's hard not to be a, a fan of Cary Grant. And I, in my opinion, probably the 30s and the 40s were the peak era of American men's fashion or style. Um, and so I would say he was probably leading the charge. People like Fred Astaire, uh, Humphrey Bogart, Bing Crosby. Um, 
these types of guys, I think, were very influential in pushing that. Um, a lot of it was, you know, had come over from Britain and was borrowed. And um, Britain's going to have more influence probably in our, you know, culture and society, seeing as that's where we came from. Right. But things that, you know, the Western style is probably the most uniquely American. Um, some of it's yeah. borrowed, you know, elements of it from South America and places like that, where ranching and herding has been a thing for, you know, thousands of years. Um so if I had to pick two, I'd probably pick John Wayne and Cary Grant. So there you go, <laughs> Cowboys to Cary Grant. Awesome. Um, well, okay, great. Well, so what are some basic things that you do every day or things that you wear every day maybe uh, that most may not notice but you feel gives you an edge? That gives me an edge. I don't know if – I don't know if anything gives me an edge, but there are some things that I do every day. Um, or that I wear every day. Now, um, you know, not to uh, kind of you know chap your hide here as a, as a bearded man, uh, but I am a uh, generally a clean shaven uh, individual, and so um, I don't use an electric razor. Um, you know, I've just I've never really been into that. I know it's super convenient. It just wasn't for me. So uh, I I just use you know a typical typical razor and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I shave every day. I think that that's kind of your hygiene and your wardrobe kind of tie in together to some extent. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that's almost an, an every day for me, unless it's, you know, I'm strapping on a tool belt and a hat and I'm going to be out in the sun or something like that, um, is I comb my hair. Um, yeah. Maybe this is a bit of a pet peeve for me, but um, I... My dad always religiously combed his hair and would kind of harp on me for not having my hair combed as an adolescent <laughs> youth. And so now I walk around and I notice full-grown men and they just look like unmade beds. And I think, man, you would do yourself a real you know, service if you would take five minutes and get a little bit of product, put it in your hair and, and comb your hair and style it so that it, it looks presentable. Yeah. Um, I wear a watch every day. I'm not a smart watch guy. Uh, I'm a traditional watch guy because that's the only way to go. And uh, there's enough distractions in this life <laughs> as it is. Um, I've found a few benefits of the smart watch. You know, maybe if you're, you know, on a ladder working on something and you're, as a pastor, I'm always trying to figure out if something's urgent or not. Sure. And yeah. uh, that's a really convenient way of seeing if it is or isn't. But generally, I'm a traditional watch guy. I carry a watch every day. I carry a wallet every day. Um, I wear a belt every day. And uh, because and that one does give you an edge. You never know when things might go <laughs> south and you just really need a belt. Hopefully your pants aren't going That's south. That's <laughs> true. You'd rather them stay true north. Um, so anyways, um, I always carry a pen, an ink pen with me almost everywhere I go. Um, I, it's always handy to have one and I just I kind of feel weird without one. Um, so I would say the last thing is generally I, I carry some form of pocket knife on me every day. Um, and, uh, depending on what I'm doing, maybe it'll be, you know, an old timer, uh, you know, or a case knife, or it might be, you know, some sort of a, you know, small folder or something, but I, I carry those elements kind of every day. And, uh, that's, those are those are kind of my go. As far as wardrobe, generally, uh, I like a button-down uh, shirt. And if I have to choose, I always prefer long sleeve. It's it's more versatile. Sure. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, yeah, that that makes good sense. Um, so uh, I had mentioned earlier uh, in the um, in the monologue section, uh, I had a question come through from a listener, uh, Pam. Uh, after the Cowboys to Cary Grant episode, that I think that you're actually uniquely qualified to answer. 
but the, the basic gist of the question was, do Christians really need to spend time thinking about their outward appearance? Shouldn't they just look to the heart? What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, my first thought as a pastor is, okay, what can you see in somebody's heart? Yeah. Because you can't actually see it. Um, the Bible says that man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Certainly our hearts are important, um, and you know the inward uh, is, is who you truly are. But that, that's not to discredit the outward, because man does look on the outward. Right. Our, as, uh, you know, for me as a Christian and as a pastor, I am always under, um, I'm under scrutiny. People are constantly watching. And you look at, you look at the, uh, the Bible in Matthew chapter number five, you know, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. That's not your heart. That's your outward yeah. and glorify your father, which is in heaven. It's the, it's the outward display of what is on the inside. And so everywhere I go, I'm kind of a walking, talking ambassador for my faith. And uh, and not only that, the Bible says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. I think that how you comport yourself, how you dress, how, what your appearance is, it kind of it's part of who you are and it adds to what your name is so to speak in the community Absolutely. and the last thing you want is a bad reputation or a reason for blame where it would discredit maybe something you say or um, you know your faith and so for me as as a pastor I'm kind of in a unique situation where um, you know I'm weekly you know several times I'm in front of people I'm speaking. Um, so what I wear, how I look, if my breath smells or if it doesn't <laughs> smell, um, what I say, if my tie is straight or crooked, all of those things, I'm kind of being low-key or high-key evaluated every week Absolutely. on those things. Yeah. And so as a pastor, I'm not only a reflection of you know myself and my name, I'm a reflection also as a husband and a father of my family and my family name. And then as a pastor, I am a, a reflection. I'm kind of the face behind the church or the institution that I represent. Right. So I think it's actually very important. And as a Christian, I represent the Lord. You know, if, if I walked around, you know, with, <clears throat> you know, a ratty T-shirt and, and ripped up jeans everywhere I went, um, you know, people would probably say, ah, that's not really how I imagine a pastor dressing. Right. The reason they would say that is because in their mind, there's some sort of a, uh, a general consensus as sure. to how a pastor should look or dress or comport themselves. And so, um, while yes, the inward is extremely important and that is truly who you are. And can you fake somebody with your outward appearance not being, you know, indicative of what you are on the inside? Sure. And that there's many examples of that. Absolutely. But I would say that yes, the outward does matter because it is a reflection of what is inside. Time would, you know, not permit us to give more examples of that biblically. Um, I think both are important. Men see the outside. God sees the inside. But what is inside will eventually make its way on the outside. And if you Absolutely. are uh, well thought through and if you're, uh, you know, you're trying to be very detailed and, um, you know, methodical on how, how you are as a person on the inward, that should translate on the outside, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great, great answer there. Um, uh, what do you think is the most unique quality of the American man's wardrobe? Further, what quality do you think has been most forgotten over the past few decades? 
That's a <clears throat> that's a tough question to me, um, and and I will say that I don't I don't view myself as a, a fashion or a style expert sure. or somebody who yeah. is even. Um, I, like I don't consider myself good at it. I just I try and I give effort. And I would say that maybe that's the quality that is missing is we've we've completely relegated our wardrobe to unimportant. And uh, right. you know, thank you, Steve Jobs, for that one, right? <laughs> uh, you know, great job inventing a phone, but had an absolute garbage wardrobe. You're right. And I, I think you know, I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I only have so much mental capacity every day to, you know, make right decisions. It's like, well, come on. If you can't figure out how to, like, put something on besides a black T-shirt and jeans, right. eh, I don't know if there's that much genius there. Sure. But it's really not that difficult. There's a few basic elements, I think, that you incorporate. And, um, you know, if we're going to relegate it to, well, it's unimportant, the only thing that matters is comfort. Right. Well... It ain't going to be long, and we're seeing it now. We're all just going to walk around in our pajamas. That's right. And, you know, you look at adults today, and, you know, one of my pet peeves is that they all look like children who have just been, you know, blown up in size. Yeah. You you look at a dad who's, you know, 38, 39, 40 years old, and you look at his son, they're wearing the exact same thing. (laughs) One's just bigger. Yeah. And I think there ought to be a, a unique difference between that, and that's part of the maturation process is your wardrobe kind of grows, and, and it, it it's defined a little bit by your age there, but it's going to grow and it's going to mature. And I think one of the missing elements is we've quit putting any emphasis or care or importance on it. We act like, you know, well, I'm not defined by that. Well, you know, back in the 30s and 40s and, you know, even creeping into the 50s, um, you know, how people dressed was a, a very important thing. Absolutely. And uh, maybe that has something to do with the digital format of today's age. We kind of have an online person that we are and then who we are in real life. Sure. Um, I'm not the most digital of people. <laughs> and most of what I do is face-to-face. So there's a lot of importance uh, that's put into that. And I think your in-person um you know your presentation and the impression that you give people uh, should matter. And when we relegate it to you know being unimportant, then as a whole, the the standard of our wardrobe just you know comes crumbling down. Right. Yeah, I agree. And actually, this that brings something to my mind. So I can't remember the the name of the admiral's name, but there was a a speech that had gone viral a couple of years ago. It was a Navy admirable ad, admiral. I'll edit that out too. <laughs> he was admirable. He was an admirable admiral. <laughs> Um, he made the statement that the military, they spend, you know, all this time and money, but the most important thing is make your bed in the morning. Yeah. Admiral McRaven. McRaven. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, to your point, you know, uh, oh, I don't have the time or the energy every day to do that. I think if more people did that, they'd have more time and energy and maybe a more bright outlook on the day. Right. Um, you know, a similar concept there. It's kind of intentionality. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, just... You know, if you're if you're just kind of rolling out last minute and hey, we're just going out what what we're just going with the flow on this. Um, if you spend a little bit of time and you're intentional in what you choose to do, and you you know you don't have to be a really detailed planner, but have a small detailed plan of what you want to do, and you be intentional. I think you can still have a, a good wardrobe and all of that without you know taking too much time out of your schedule to do it. Sure.
you host a podcast as well that I think is incredibly important, uh, you know, especially in Christian ministry. Can you give us just a little bit of a background on that and tell us the name, where we can find it, and, you know, uh, what your plans are for it? Sure. Um, you know, I'm not the only host there, but I'm one of the hosts. It's called the Forge Ministry Podcast, and really the genesis of that was uh, myself and, and another young man, uh, Micah McCurry, um, kind of had a burden for um, there being a, a bit of an age gap, in, specifically in uh, you know in in ministerial service, um, and there's a disconnect sometimes between the older and the younger generations. Um, me being you know 33. I always desired to have a close relationship with, you know, older men, older preachers and things of that nature and to learn from them uh, and from their years of uh, ministerial experience. And one of the, I guess, lost art forms in ministry and frankly in society is the concept of mentorship Absolutely. and having, uh, you know, you know, an older person, maybe that's a grandfather or, uh, you know, even a grandmother and um, or an older preacher or somebody like that, maybe an older businessman who kind of takes you under his wing and is your mentor. That's kind of a lost thing anymore. And so uh, really that podcast is about mentorship and cultivating and kind of forging those relationships. And then from that, what is what are the benefits of that? So you can find it on uh, Spotify. You can find it on uh, iTunes. You know wherever podcasts are. Uh, you know there's a website forgeministry.com, and you can go there and you can kind of look at uh, some of the uh, events that uh, are being hosted there, and you can catch some podcast episodes. It's kind of in its infancy now, but as it grows, I think it'll be helpful to uh, not only people in ministry, but to you know others as well. Sure. Awesome. Well, uh, Pastor, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and answer some really important questions. Uh, I value your opinion greatly as your friend, uh, and I'm honored to have you on the program. Uh, would you be interested in coming back on sometime and just sit and swoon about America? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, I appreciate your time. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today and spending some time with us. Don't forget to check out Forge Ministry Podcast on Spotify, Apple, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next week, I'm your host, Gordon Michael Porter. America, I love you. Take care of yourself. God bless.